I'm very thankful for those who work with our children and the fact that the kids are being taught from the Bible. Because we live in a world that has absolutely no foundation spiritually. And uh, it is a tragic thing that many of our children grow up without hearing Bible stories. It is a tragic thing that our children grow up without hearing about God. I was in a home not too long ago, and uh, I asked in this home if we could have a word of prayer. Had the family gather around, and there was a little eight-year-old boy there. He looked at me and he said, what do we do? And I said, we're going to pray. He said, why would we do that? Now, friends, I have to tell you, that is not the exception anymore. That's the rule. It is a tragic condition that is throughout our culture. And people desperately need to hear the message of God's love and forgiveness. They need to hear it. And this time of the year is one of the best times we can share. It's never a bad time to share, but you know, this is one of the best times to share because people are thinking about Jesus. We're in this sermon series called The Best Christmas Ever. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of funny this way. I expect every Christmas to be the best Christmas ever. I, I just expect that. You know, I was telling my wife the other day, I have this sense that, you know, something really good is getting ready to happen. And I have this expectation about me all the time. So instead of looking for bad things to happen, I'm looking for good things. And I anticipate that. Now, that's not to say that I'm not disappointed with some things. But it is to say that my attitude is one of expecting good things. I anticipate good things because I serve a good God. And I want to communicate that message to people. The best Christmas ever. Now, unfortunately, when a lot of people think about Christmas, they think only about this manger scene and... Uh, they think about a baby in a manger. And they think about baby Jesus. They even sing, Away in a manger, no trip for a bed, without ever knowing what the message is. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, is about the fact that God stepped out of eternity into history in the form of an innocent baby. Through the virgin birth, God became a man he became this baby and he grew up to live a perfect life and then he went to the cross the perfect sacrifice he went to the cross he paid for our sins with his own blood they put him in the grave and he rose from the dead the third day and that's the message of Christmas it offers us hope and forgiveness and that's the message of Christmas but all they think about is this baby in the manger and they think it's cute and so they look and they say oh isn't that sweet it's a mother and a father and a baby. And that's just sweet. And they become very sentimental about 
Christmas without ever knowing what the real message is. And they see another manger scene, like this one, like this one there. You know, uh, the artists of the Renaissance painted many pictures like this. And uh, I want you to notice over here is the lamb, right? And the shepherd. And here they are in this adoring pose. There's a oxen over there in the corner. And this is what people think about when they think about the birth of the baby Jesus, right? Or maybe they think about this, right? We even have one of these right here on the table, right? Uh, sometimes this is called a crash. Um, it is a nativity scene where you have Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And in this scene, of course, you have the three wise men and there's the shepherd and the, the donkey. And people think about these things when they think about Christmas and they think about this star and it's just a wonderful story. And isn't it nice that this baby Jesus came into the world, but they don't know why he came. They don't realize that he came for them. They don't know who he is, this baby Jesus. So they see a nice manger scene and they become sentimental and warm. That's about as far as it goes. Maybe they see this one. Which is pretty typical. There's the lamb, right? See the little boy over there? Isn't that sweet? There's no indication there was a boy there. But look at the little boy there. Isn't that sweet? And then there's a glow on the mother's face. And that's the father and the mother and the baby. And isn't that sweet? And then there's those two old guys. And rarely, if ever, do people ever connect the story here, which is an actual historical event, to the message of Christmas, which is why Jesus came. Now, we're going to read a passage of Scripture that is not the typical Christmas story. It's in Revelation chapter 1. So if you'll turn there with me, please. Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. We're going to focus our attention on the eternal Son of God. This passage of Scripture presents the risen, glorified Lord, and it says some things about Him that we need to focus upon if we're going to have the best Christmas ever. I have to tell you, it is hard to keep your focus at Christmas. There are so many things to distract us from the message of Christmas. So I've been praying for myself that the Lord would really help me to stay focused on the Lord Jesus and why he came. Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. This is a message that was sent to the churches 
we could actually say to Eastside Baptist Church, Auburndale, Florida, here's what I, the Lord Jesus, want to say to you. It is a message to his church. Here's what it says. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. The seven spirits speaks of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's not seven different spirits, but rather seven aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For instance, he saves you. He sanctifies you. He guides you. He comforts you. He convicts you. He leads you into truth. He commits himself to you so you will know the presence of God. It's an ongoing ministry of the Holy Spirit. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Wait a minute, you're telling me this baby Jesus rules the kings of the earth? He does. The faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him, listen to this, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You know, when we sing that song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's right here in the scriptures, friends. He washed you in his own precious blood. That's the message of Christmas. It's what we should focus upon. Not simply the baby in the manger, although that's sweet. It's not the message. The message is God became a man and sacrificed himself on our behalf that we might be reconciled to God, that we could have eternal life, we could have forgiveness forever, we could have his grace and his love every day. That's the message. Now, I'm going to stay calm here. Okay. Listen to this. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds. Clouds often represented the presence of God. He is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. You think that really means what it says? Do you think do you think every eye will see him? What about blind eyes? Are they going to see him? No. What about those who are in, in the darkest parts of the world where where when it's midnight you can't see your hand in front of your face? What about those people? Are they going to see him? When he comes, there'll be no doubt, will there? Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And then we have the words of the Lord Jesus himself. I am the Alpha 
and Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And I would say to you this morning that this passage of Scripture written to Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale, Florida, would say to all of us, please don't forget who I am. So, who in fact is this Jesus that we worship and serve? Who is this Jesus? Let's take a look at this together. First of all, we're told in verse 5 that he is the faithful witness. This is a title that means that Jesus is truthful in all that he says and does. Now, the world is not truthful. People are not truthful. The news media are not truthful. The advertisers are not truthful. The warranties are not truthful. The banks are not truthful. The governments are not truthful. But there is one who is truthful, who only speaks what is true and what is right. He is truthful in all that he says and does. He is an accurate representation of the Father. He's faithful in everything. You can depend on him no matter what. And so, if you and I want the best Christmas ever, we must remember that God is faithful, that he is truthful in all that he says. Listen, whatever he says in his word, you can know it is true. He is truthful. He is the faithful witness. Everything he says is true. Secondly, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. This title refers, as it implies, to the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the baby in the manger did not stay a baby in the manger. We do celebrate his birth this time of year, but you and I both know that Jesus existed before Bethlehem, that he just came into a human body at Christmas time, the incarnation. But this title refers to his resurrection, yes. He was dead, but now he's alive. He is alive. The meaning of the term firstborn is not, the title says firstborn from the dead, but this is not what it means. It doesn't mean that he was the first one who was ever resurrected. Because there were a lot of people in the Old Testament that were resurrected. There were dead people that came back to life. So he was not the first one to be resurrected. The term firstborn here means this. This is the most important person who was ever raised from the dead. His resurrection supersedes all other resurrections. Because you see, every other person that was raised from the dead was still a sinner raised from the dead. This one who was raised from the dead 
is the eternal Son of the living God. And His resurrection guarantees our eternal salvation. It's the most important of all resurrections. It is the resurrection that counts. He's the firstborn from the dead. The scriptures are very clear. In his resurrection, he conquered sin, death, and hell. So when Jesus died on the cross, paying for our sins, he took your sins and mine out of the way, having nailed them to his own cross. And when he went to the grave, he went as the one who paid for our sins in full. When he was raised from the dead, it was God saying, I have accepted his sacrifice on your behalf. He is my substitute. He is my atonement. He is my forgiveness. He is my very life. And when God raised him from the dead, it was proof that Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient to pay for your sins and mine. That's great news. So if you want the best Christmas ever, you must focus on the fact that Jesus is victorious over sin, death, and hell. Thirdly, Jesus is the ruler over the kings of the earth. This title reminds us that Jesus is fully in charge of all ruling authorities. My friends, I want you to listen carefully. Please understand whether or not you like what our president is doing, our president is not in charge. He cannot do one thing without the permission of the ruler of the kings of the earth. This is not talking about one day he will be ruler of the kings of the earth. My friends, he is presently ruler of the kings of the earth. And let me just share with you, it is a very good idea for you to focus on that fact right now because our culture is getting ready to go through things that if you don't have a foundation, you will be shaken to your core. My Savior is on His throne. He is in control. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. That's my Jesus. And if you want the best Christmas ever, that's where you better focus. Not on how many presents you're going to get or how pretty the, the Christmas tree looks. And oh, by the way, mine does look very nice. got three Christmas trees in my house and I like all of them all lit but let me tell you that's not the message of Christmas all it should do is remind me that the Lord Jesus Christ is the ruler of the kings of the earth if Jesus were writing this letter to Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale Florida he would say please remember this I'm in charge Who is this Jesus? He's not just a baby in the manger. He's the 
faithful witness. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the ruler over the kings of the earth. Does it make a difference to you in your life to know that the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, is fully in control of everything that happens? In all places, he's in control. At all times, he's in control. I confess to you, I don't fully understand why he allows some things to happen. But I know this, he is in control. And he asked me to trust him, not to question him, but to trust him. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. Number four, Jesus is the one who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. This phrase reminds us that the Lord Jesus has cleansed us. That is, he has released us from all our sins with his own precious blood. In 1 Peter Chapter 1, there's a verse, verses 18 and 19. Here's what it says about the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, you and I have been bought with something more precious than gold and silver. We've been bought and paid for with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shed that blood on Calvary's cross to pay for your sins and mine. And I now belong to him. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and if the Lord Jesus were writing this letter to Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale, Florida, he would say, please remember this. I'm not just a baby in a manger. I'm the Savior who went to the cross and suffered and died, shedding my blood so you could be forgiven. Don't ever forget that. That's the focus of Christmas. So if you want the best Christmas ever, remember that you are forgiven for all of your sins, for all time, because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. Would you just do this with me? I, I want us to say this together, I am forgiven. I want us to do it together. Ready? I am forgiven. Are you ready? I am forgiven. Now we're going to continue this. I am forgiven for all my sins. You ready? I am forgiven for all my sins. Now we're going to continue. Are you ready? I am forgiven for all my sins for all time. Think about it for just a second. I am forgiven for all my sins for all time.
You ready? I am forgiven for all my sins for all time. Can you say amen? That's the message of Christmas. He washed us in His blood. Why? Because He loved us. To Him who loved us and shed His own blood so that we could be forgiven. That's the message of Christmas. Anybody can be forgiven. Anybody. Anybody. Listen, that's great news. And there's some people that are living with guilt and they're burdened down and they're frightened and they're discouraged and they're beaten up and they need to know there's a God who loves them and is ready to forgive them. You got a little card that you could pass out and say, listen, come to my church. We're having a candlelight Christmas Eve service. Wouldn't you like to do that and invite them? And all of a sudden they come and they meet the God who loves them and cares about them and wants to forgive them and their lives are changed for eternity. Wow! Talk about a great Christmas gift. You and I can be forgiven. I'm forgiven for all my sins for all time. Number five, Jesus made us kings and priests to God. This speaks to our role in the kingdom of God as priests. Yes, every believer has a responsibility to minister to other people. Well, what if I'm a woman? I thought only men could be priests. It doesn't say men who are kings and priests. It says us who are kings and priests. You know who that includes? Everybody. If you are a child of God, you are now a king and priest. That is, you are a ruler in the kingdom of God and you have the privilege to bless people. To share with them good news. You're appointed by God for that great message of forgiveness and love. This includes such things as praying for other people, visiting other people, encouraging other people, blessing other people, giving to other people, and telling other people about God's love and forgiveness at Christmas. So if you want the best Christmas ever, focus your attention on helping other people, giving to other people, praying for other people, serving other people, sharing the love of Christ with others. In 40 years of ministry, I have made this observation. The people who are the most miserable at Christmas are people who are focused on themselves. They're always disappointed because nobody's paying attention to them. Now, some people are coming to your mind right now. Just push that out of your mind. <laughs> Listen. Jesus, if he were writing to Eastside Baptist Church, Auburndale, Florida, would say this. I have appointed every one of you as kings and priests in my kingdom. Now go out and minister to people. 
go out and represent me and share my love with them and share my grace with them and speak a blessing into their lives and represent me well. That's what he would say. In fact, let me just say this. That is what he said. I've made you kings and priests. That means he has given us the commission to represent him. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. When I go out into public, I am a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as such, there are some things that I cannot do. But there's a lot of stuff I can do. I can bless people. I can speak blessing into their lives. I can speak healing into their lives. I can speak grace and forgiveness into their lives. I can speak those things into their lives as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a king and a priest in his kingdom. That's an irrevocable calling that every one of us has. You say, well, you don't know me. If you're a child of God, you're a king and a priest. I didn't say that. He said it. And you have this opportunity to represent him during Christmas and to say to people, oh, God loves you. God bless you. He made us kings and priests. Number six, Jesus is coming again. It says in verse seven, he is coming again. The tribes of the earth are going to mourn one day because they've rejected him. And all they will face is his judgment. But for those of us who've committed our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's nothing but love and mercy and grace and forgiveness and eternal life and total victory when he returns. You want the best Christmas ever? Remember this. Jesus is coming. He's coming as my ultimate deliverer, my Savior, and the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming back. Remember that. He's not staying as a baby in a manger. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. Number seven, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We find that in verse 8. This title comes from the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Alpha, Omega. The beginning and the end. This means that Jesus is eternal and complete. Nothing is outside of his knowledge and power. The idea behind this phrase is that he starts everything and he finishes everything. And everything in between is ruled by him. If you can spell it, he's the ruler over it. Do you get that? If you can spell it, he rules it. Amen. This is wonderful news for all of us. He's the Alpha and the Omega. That means nothing escapes his notice. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows everything about you. He has declared his love for you, and he rules everything that happens in your life. 
He's trying to tell all of us today, remember who I am. I'm not just a baby in a manger. I'm the Lord of glory. I'm the gateway to glory. The highway to holiness, the roadway to righteousness, the pathway to peace. I'm all of that and more. Nothing is outside of his knowledge or power. Look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The day you got saved, God started a work in you, and he has not ceased working in you every moment of every day until his plan for you is absolutely complete. Listen, everything from Alpha to Omega in your life is under His control and used by His power for His glory in your life. He started your life. He's going to end your life. He'll be there all the way through your life. He's the beginning and the end. The first and the last. He's got full control of all that happens you and me. Look at Romans chapter 11 verse 36. Listen to this. For of him he starts it all and through him he controls it all and to him he ends it all are all things. Except when a terrorist hits out in San Bernardino, California. Is that in the parenthesis? Hmm. To whom be glory forever. Amen. For from him, it started with him, through him, it's being carried on by him, and to him, he is the ultimate goal of everything that happens. Do I understand how God could use a terrorist attack to bring about His glory. I do not understand that, but I know this, He will. He has declared that in His Word. For from Him, and through Him, and to Him are most things. How many things? Say it out loud. All things. All things. All things. Wait a minute. That reminds me. All things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to His purposes. Well, from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. You want the best Christmas ever? Remember that the Lord Jesus knows everything, controls everything, and completes everything. And he's not finished with you yet. Just check your pulse. If you have a pulse, he's not done with you. Amen. Number eight. Jesus is the Lord who is and who was and who is to come. This title means that he is the eternal son of God. Unrestricted by time or space. The Bible says... He was, He is, and He is to come. 
He was before all things, and he'll be here after all things. Hebrews 13.8 is a key theological passage for what we believe about God. Listen to it. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. The theological term is immutable. It means he doesn't change who he is to suit the culture. He doesn't change who he is because of your behavior. He doesn't change who he is because of circumstances. He's absolutely the same in his love, his truth, his grace, his forgiveness. He is absolutely the same unchanging in his essence, nature, and character. This is the God we worship and serve. This is the Jesus who came as a baby in a manger, but is the ruler of the universe. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same in his grace if He had grace for you yesterday, He's absolutely the same and He'll give it to you today. He is the same. You want the best Christmas ever? Remember that everything in your life may change in an instant like it did for many people in San Bernardino. Everything in your life can change in an instant. But Jesus never changes. He is always the same. And your health might change and your finances might change and your relationships might change. But Jesus will be the one constant in your life. Number nine, finally. Jesus is the Almighty. This title means that he has all power and that nothing is too hard for him. You want the best Christmas ever? Remember that Jesus has the power to fix whatever it is in your life that needs to be fixed. He can fix anything, change anything, accomplish anything. He's the all-powerful Savior, and He's declared His love for you. An everlasting, unchanging, unconditional love for you. Amen. He's the Almighty. Is anything too hard for Him? He's the Almighty. He has declared this. And he's writing this letter to Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale, Florida. And he's saying to us, listen, please remember who I am. I'm the Almighty. Is anything too hard for me? Now, my friends, you can take whatever it is in your life that's troubling you. Whatever it is that's knocking the legs out from under you. Whatever it is that's stealing your joy that's sapping you of life and energy. You can take that and put it in the hands of the Almighty and know that He loves you. Amen? That's just great news. Any time of the year.
but especially here at Christmas. Would you bow your heads with me?